This episode of the NPTE Clinical Files is brought to you by the NPTE Test Strategy Playbook. Hey PTs, is your PEAT score less than 75%? And if it is, when you review your practice exams, do you find several questions that you had the knowledge to, but you still got the question wrong? Listen, you're not alone and you might have a test-taking strategy problem. You need to visit DestroyTheNPTE.com to find out how you can stop getting questions wrong about the topics that you know. Visit DestroyTheNPTE.com. You are now tuning in to the NPTE Clinical Files, two mock NPTE-based questions told and solved week by week. Thank you for tuning in to the NPTE Clinical Files. My name is Kyle Rice, the NPTE Prep Coach, the founder of the PT Hustle, and the creator of the NPTE Prep Success Course 2.0. And for this week's NPTE Clinical File, we have our patient, Erica. And Erica is a 32-year-old female who presents to the Outpatient Neurological Recovery Center, or the NRC, with significant lower extremity extensor tone and complaints of difficulty ambulating. The patient has a five-year history of frequent and characteristic bouts of excessive fatigue, paresthesias throughout her upper and lower extremities, and trouble articulating what she needs. Which of the following is the best intervention to address her primary impairment? So we have A, Tai Chi in the pool with a water temperature of 87.5 degrees Fahrenheit, B, Instruct the patient to lie in supine and take long, deep breaths while surrounded by a warm blanket. C, instruct the patient to lie in hook-lying position with a therapy ball underneath the legs, rotating the lower body side to side. And D, is resistance upper extremity training in the pool with a water temperature of 90 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, so for this clinical case... You know, we have Erica, she's 32 years old, um, she's at the NRC with significant lower extremity extensor tone, and obviously this complaint of ambulating, which makes sense. You know, if we have a lot of lower extremity extensor tone, that can influence a person's gait pattern, so that makes a lot of sense there. But before we really move on down this question and start to analyze it and so forth, we need to understand what is lower extremity extensor tone? Like, what does that really mean? Well, a lot of times when we say extensor tone, that means what? Hypertonicity. That also can mean spasticity. And so here, if we look at what that really would mean, well, that would mean that the person is more stuck in hip extension, hip adduction. They're stuck in a hip internal rotation, um, they have knee extension. They also have ankle plantar flexion and inversion. These are very consistent with lower extremity extensor tone. All right. And so, again, the person has difficulty ambulating. Now, it says that the patient has a five-year history of frequent and characteristic bouts of excessive fatigue, paresthesias throughout the upper and lower extremities, and difficulty articulating what she needs. All right. And so we have to slow up for a second and think about this. Well, it says a five-year history of frequent and characteristic bouts of excessive fatigue and all these other things. Well, obviously, we're dealing with some type of neurological condition, right? And so we have to think about what other you know, types of neurological conditions out there could potentially cause this clinical presentation. Well, we have a stroke, Guillain-Barre, ALS, MS, uh, myasthenia gravis. You know, there's quite a few neurological conditions. 
But I will say the only one that really has these frequent and characteristic bouts of fatigue, paresthesias, and trouble articulating what a person needs, well, that's going to be more consistent with multiple sclerosis, all right? And so as we look at this, even when we get down into the trouble articulating, which is also known as dysarthria, correct? And so all of these are very consistent with MS. Plus, we have this 32-year-old female that's consistent. The extensor tone is very consistent with MS. And so we can pretty much make the statement that this is what we're dealing with, multiple sclerosis. All right. And so as we get down into the question stem, it says, which of the following is the best intervention to address her primary impairment? All right. And again, we have MS. Okay. So what is the primary impairment here, though, is the question. Well, the primary impairment is going to be the one that's preventing the patient from reaching a functional goal, some type of functional activity, which is the difficulty ambulating. So I ask you, what is the primary impairment limiting this patient from ambulating? And that's going to be the lower extremity extensor tone. So what is going to be the best intervention in order to address this patient's significant lower extremity extensor tone. So A is Tai Chi in the pool with a water temperature of 87.5 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, so let's look at this answer first. Tai Chi is also a form of martial arts, Chinese martial arts. It's also used for not just defense, but it's used for meditation and calming and reducing muscle tone, overall relaxation. So I really like Tai Chi. It uses these different uh, positions and poses in order to help calm the body. It's a great technique to use for someone who has spasticity or lower extremity extensor tone. I like it. Now, as we continue down the answer, it says with a water temperature of 87.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, this is going to be really, really important because we need to know, does the water temperature make a difference? Can we put a person who has MS in any type of aquatic environment? The answer to that is no. We have to understand that patients who have multiple sclerosis have a great, a really high sensitivity to heat. They actually do worse with heat. And if their body gets overheated or if they're overworked, what can happen is that exacerbates their symptoms, all right? And so for patients who have MS, we need to make sure that if we're using aquatic therapy, that our pool is anywhere between 80 to 84 degrees, all right? That is the certain water temperature that is prescribed for a patient who has multiple sclerosis. Now, as we get above that, as we get into more like the 89 to 94, well, we're talking about a normal therapeutic pool. And for most other patients, we can put them in that type of aquatic environment, and that's fine. Again, 89 to 94 degrees Fahrenheit. But with a patient who is heat intolerant, all right, we cannot put them in that level of environment. We don't want to put them in any water that is 85 degrees or higher, all right, uh, because again, that'll exacerbate their symptoms. And so, A, I like the answer from the Tai Chi in the pool, but as we get into that water temperature of 87.5, that is a huge contraindication. We don't want to do that. We don't want to exacerbate the patient's symptoms, and therefore, A is out, all right? Let's look at B. 
B says instruct the patient to lie in supine and take long, deep breaths while surrounded by a warm blanket. All right. So the beginning of this says to instruct the patient to lie in supine. Let me tell you why I don't like this answer. I don't like this answer because placing the person in supine is reinforcing that lower extremity extensor tone. It's definitely not helping it at all. All right. Now, taking the long, deep breaths. Yeah, that can be very calming and relaxing, but you're kind of negating that by placing the person in supine. You're not really helping, like I said, that lower extremity extensor tone. But the question, I should say the answer here goes on to say, while surrounded by a warm blanket. Well, our patient is heat intolerant. They don't do well with heat. So why would we want to surround our patient with a warm blanket? Yeah, for other patients, that would help with their spasticity and their extensor tone. But a patient with multiple sclerosis, it's contraindicated. We can eliminate that one. Let's look at C. C says instruct a patient to lie in hook lying position with a therapy ball underneath the legs, rotating lower body side to side. All right, so I really like this answer. I like it because our patient has the lower extremity extensor tone, and in this answer, we're having the patient lie in hook-lying position. Well, when I think about hook-lying position, where's my hip at? My hip is in flexion. All right, well, the answer says that we're also placing their legs over a therapy ball. Well, where's going to be the knees? The knees are going to be in flexion. I love it. All right, and then rotating lower body side to side. And I know that that also helps with truncal spasticity. Overall, the rotation is going to help with spasticity in general. And so C is really addressing what the primary impairment is. All right, C is really breaking the person out of that extensor tone by putting them into hip flexion, knee flexion, and then doing a nice side to side lower body rotation. C makes the most sense right now. It's the best answer. Let's look at D. D says resistance upper extremity training in the pool with a water temperature of 90 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, so can we just take a step back right now? Can we just say that D is not correct? Reason being is that we already spoke about the water temperature needing to be anywhere between 80 to 84 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, the water temperature in this answer is 90 degrees, so we automatically know that this is contraindicated. We would not do it. But even if the water temperature did say 82 degrees right now, this still wouldn't be the best answer. And the reason being is that resistance upper extremity training in the pool is not helping us with the primary impairment of lower extremity extensor tone. It's not helping with that. All right. And so we can eliminate D. And as we look at all of our answer choices right now, we see that C, instruct the patient to lie in hook line position with a therapy ball underneath the legs, rotating the body side to side is the best answer. If you got this question correct, congratulations. If you selected possibly A, the Tai Chi in the pool, with the water temperature of 87.5 degrees Fahrenheit, it possibly was because you didn't understand which water temperatures were going to be the best for a patient with MS, all right? But at the same time, you know, you have to really look at this question closer because it definitely leads you to the right answer. It's telling you that there's significant lower extremity extensor tone. It asks you for the best intervention to affect the primary impairment. All right. And to be honest with you, Tai Chi in the pool, although it can help with lower extremity extensor tone, 
I mean, it's not really specific to lower extremity extensor tone. What if the person had flexor tone? All right. Um, tai Chi would still be a an option, a good option. So Tai Chi, even though it's good for spasticity, it doesn't necessarily target lower extremity extensor tone specifically. The only answer that does that is C. All right. The only answer that pulls the person out of that ex lower extremity extensor tone is C. And so when it comes to uh, MPT-based questions, when it comes to practice exams, it's important for you to be able to pull out the important parts of a question and use those in order to arrive at the correct answer. If you like questions just like this and you find yourself getting hung up selecting the wrong answer or possibly getting down to the final two answers and selecting the wrong one, I want you to take a trip on over to destroythenpte.com where I'm going to teach you the, the exact test taking strategies that you need to answer questions, to dominate questions just like this. All right. Destroythenpte.com. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the MPT Clinical Files. As always, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you on the next one. This episode of the NPT Clinical Files is brought to you by the NPTE Test Strategy Playbook. If you are constantly getting down to the final two answers but always seem to select the wrong one, visit DestroyTheNPTE.com to learn how to get down to the final answer fast.